0: Welcome to the Landmark Theaters Q&A podcast. Today we'll hear a self-moderated Q&A with writer-director Paul Harrell and various other crew members about the film Light from Light. This Q&A was recorded at Landmark's New Art Theatre on the film's opening weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the writer and director Paul Harrell.
1: Thanks, and I'm going to bring up everybody else if I don't trip over this table. Um, uh, Let's see here. Kelly Williams, producer. Jonathan Duffy, executive producer. Brittany Ingram, production designer. And one of the co-composers, John Natchez. Come on up. And if you have questions, we'll take them. Or we can just stand up here and uh, we'll look pretty. Yeah. Brittany look, Brittany. Um, But yeah, Um, I can't even see her. This is the first time we've, let me just say a couple things actually before we even do anything. This is the first time I've seen a lot of these people since Sundance, and it's great to see them, and also to see so many wonderful people here tonight who came out to support the film. And we're really excited to be here screening at the New Art this week, and um, yeah, and to have a great distributor behind the film, Grasshopper. So anyway. if you have questions, we'll take them. So yeah. I was reading where some of the scenes were based on famous uh, uh, works of art. Can you give us some examples? Ooh. Uh, let's see, works famous works of art. There were definitely some um, like Vermeer paintings and um, some paint uh, that we used as an inspiration for composition. A lot of there's a lot of doorway shots, like through the doorway. Um, that that we use as inspiration for composition and also then um
2: Andrew Wyeth. What's that? Wyeth.
1: And that's the second thing I was going to say is that the porch sequence um there were there was a there's a painting by Hopper and I can't remember what it's called I'm, I'm afraid um but it's a it's a painting of a porch uh to a couple on a porch um It was not an inspiration for the writing of the scene, but when we were filming it, that was an inspiration. And then, uh, Andrew Wyeth, the Helga series of paintings were also like a major inspiration in terms of the way that we lit that scene. Brittany, I don't know if you want to add anything else to that, because...
2: Yeah, Wyeth was the main inspiration for color, for, for me at least, and I pass that on to Nicole as well, the costume designer, but we used Wyeth for all of our color palettes.
1: Yeah, thanks for the question. Others? Yeah, back there. Uh, how do you get a plane in the woods on, on a button? Okay. Yes. I'm so glad Thank you asked you. that. Because Brittany is going to be really excited to share that story with you. And I, it's, it's... It
2: was crazy.
1: It's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. story. So can I, l- l- let me set it up. So first, there are, there are actual plane crashes that happen in the Smoky Mountains. It's sadly a... It's not like a common occurrence, but it happens. It's happened over a dozen times. There's actually a book written about all the plane crashes that have happened in the Smokies, because people fly by instruments. They fly these small planes by instruments, and then the fog comes in, and they get lost, and they crash into mountains, and that's pretty horrific. Um, And I went, uh, I I found a guide who was willing, and these are obviously way off the beaten path. They're not near any sort of uh, trails. And these planes do stay in the mountains because they can't haul them out because they're so far away from roads. So I found a guide who was willing to take me to the closest one, the one that would be the most approachable. And after four hours of hiking, I was like, I don't think we're going to be able to film there. Um, This is not going to work. And
2: they were freaking out about it. Let's just say that.
0: (laughs) We couldn't get Jim to spend 20 minutes. like, yeah,
1: outside. later the north, there was a park ranger who was like, you know, that's so funny that Jim Gaffigan was like doing all this hiking because he has this whole thing in his routine about how much he hates hiking. I was like, oh, I hadn't heard that we one. Yeah, right yeah. So anyway, Brittany, take it away. Talk about how you did it.
2: Yeah, we found a plane boneyard north of Nashville, actually, which was like a four hour drive from Knoxville. So I hauled the plane on a 20 foot trailer back to Knoxville. It was really funny, me jumping out of the, the van with this huge plane behind me. Everyone in Starbucks just, like, stared at me. But uh, we got a really good deal on it. I filled up a <laughs> whole trailer of plane parts for less than $1,000. So that's how we did that.
1: Yeah. So we staged it. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like it's important to say, too, that no one died... That is true. With that plane. No like, in I, plane. I, That was actually important to me. And I, I felt sort of uncomfortable with the idea. Once we started, even on that hike when I was looking in the mountains, I felt uncomfortable with the idea that like we were going to use a real plane crash site for you know, our purposes. You know, just maybe was not appropriate. And
2: the guy who crashed that plane like, broke his ankles? He, so broke, broke, one ankle. he, he one ankle. broke one
1: ankle. He broke one He only
2: broke one ankle. That's it. It was yeah. just crazy.
1: So yeah, thank you for the question. Uh, other questions? Yeah, right up here. Uh, what inspired the story? Um, there's, I mean, a lot of different, the question is, what inspired the story. A lot of different things inspired the story, but I would say that the, the thing that really catalyzed it for me was I was driving through um, Southwest Virginia and tuned my my car radio to just like AM radio. Sometimes, you know, you can hear really crazy stuff. Um, and I hit a, a, a radio station, a very low wattage college radio station Um, that was interviewing a woman who was a paranormal investigator and she was talking about her work and i only heard like two or three minutes of this interview and then i was out of range and um, i tried to track down that interview and and was never able to I, i did find the person who was the interviewer and it's a long story but there was no there was no way to get more of that and it's probably better uh, when I was doing the research to not have that. But that was the sort of inspiration. It's was like hearing this woman for just a split second and thinking about using that that idea of a, a woman who's a paranormal investigator in a rural part of the area where I live. I live in, in East Tennessee where this is set and using a story about her investigating a possible haunting to explore the things I'm interested in and writing about, so yeah, thank you. There was another question back here, yeah? The book they were reading from at the end, is that a real book? Yes, yeah, the book is uh, Anna Karenina by Tolstoy. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. If... I'd never heard of it either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Marin actually asked, what page is the, is the chapter 18 on and we didn't know yet, and she opened the book to the page. It was crazy. Yeah, it was yeah. She's, I
1: was in another room, and she screamed. I heard her scream, mm-hmm. and I was like, what's happened? What's happened? And then she came in, and she was, like, looking at the book. And I was like, oh, you found the page? And she was like, it opened to this page. It was. There it's were a crazy. few things that happened in the yeah. movie that were mysterious. Yeah. Uh, so kind of like a follow-up to the inspiration one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, kind of unusual for a ghost story to be kind of, so it's sort of, like, mundane in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do it that way? Yeah, um,
2: we like the word meditative. <laughs>
1: um, the I mean, uh, I was interested in telling a story that was like really grounded in reality. I mean, and then the everydayness of of these characters' lives and how. There are these moments where whether it's something supernatural or whether it's something natural or something just human where something incredible can happen um and so to get to that i felt like there needed to be a lot of the everydayness um and i guess for me i also feel like i'm I'm used to seeing those other kinds of stories, and I wanted to tell something that was like really more of a drama about people who happened, a woman who happened to be a paranormal investigator and the kinds of stuff she's dealing with and the other characters as well. Um, and I don't think I would be very uh, good teller of a story about, you know, like a horror film. Like that was that was never my intention. I, Whatever you think of the movie, I was not trying to make a horror film that has failed horribly at it. Um, um, <clears throat> it was always my intention. Do you have anything? Do you want anything? Because when, what did you think? When, like, when you read the first, did did you know what? Did you all know what was going on in terms of what it was going to be before you read it? Like the tone. Yeah, i had seen your other films though, mm-hmm. so yeah, I knew it was going to be like a ghost story without a ghost in it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, no, but yeah, it was. But it was such a beautiful script about. Grief and losing something, not necessarily death or anything like that. Just lo- when you lose something, it, yeah, yeah, you know, feels that way. Yeah. Thanks for your question. Yeah. Uh, years, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, the question was about Jim Gafkin almost losing his wife. Um, so. I wrote the script with Jim in mind, but I did not know, but I did not know about that happening when I was, I was, I wrote it before that was, before that had happened or before he had, before that had become public. So I was writing this just with him in mind because I'd heard him give an interview on NPR that was very much out of, outside of the persona that he has on stage as a, as a stand-up comedian, he was he was amusing at times, but he was also talking very seriously about his growing up in the Midwest and uh, talking about uh, being Catholic and and th- these kind of more um, serious elements of his life. And he has such a physical presence that works with who this character I imagined to be. So while I was writing the script, I had Jim in mind, and I had no idea whether we would ever be I would ever even be making the film, much less if I would be making it with Uh, be able to get him but um, when we offered him the role um, he accepted it like immediately like I don't remember there being like there wasn't like a oh let me talk to Paul and then I'll decide it was like he said yes I want to do it and then he and I had like a I remember the first time we talked we skyped for like two hours it was like late at night he'd just come home from like a really long shoot on another movie in Louisiana. And, um, and that's when he told me about how he'd almost lost his wife. Um, to, uh, she'd, she, had, she was diagnosed with a very large brain tumor, and she's made a full recovery. And uh, she's, in, in fact, written a book about it, and it's like this uh, Jeannie Gaffigan, she's written this amazing uh, story about this. But the first, one of the first things he said to me was, this is, you know, I faced the prospect of losing my wife. And I was thinking about that while I was reading the script. So it, it, it was a personal project for him, for sure. Yeah, and he's talked about that in Q&A. Look, we just, I just came from New York where we opened the film there last week, and he was at one of the Q&As, and we did a little press, and he, he's talked about that some. But yeah, it's a very personal film for him as well. Obviously, very different story and all the other things, but yeah. Uh, yeah, here, and then we'll go back there. Yeah. would love f- for, the, for some talk about the music. So John Natchez, co-composer with Adam Grandesil.
0: Um, anything specific? Like, just how just, it came yeah, how, to be? Get... how it came to be. That, I mean, it's beautiful, and it obviously suits the um, tone. But... <laughs> so a- Adam, the other co-composer, and I uh, played a band called The War on Drugs. It's Really, Adam is the main driving course of that band. And Paul had made the I moves mean, basically done you were looking for music.
1: We were, sh- we, were sh- we were we were we were about to shoot. We had not gone gotten oh, production, okay. and he and Adam and I talked for oh. the first time. Yeah.
0: Um, and Adam had never done a movie before, Paul was familiar with the band's music, like the band's music. I think sort of on lark was yeah. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, a lark. Yeah. Yeah. The producers.
1: Well, you guys and James were like, who would if you could have anyone. And I was like, ha the war on drugs, how about that? You know, and they were like, okay, make a list of other people too. And then Adam, they got the script to Adam and he was like, yeah, I really like this and I haven't done a movie before and and this is exciting. So
0: Yeah, he, he was excited about it. He, like everyone seemingly read the script and was very moved by it and thought it was beautiful and unusual and personal. Um, and he started working on it on his own like I said, we know, we know each other very well, play music in a band together, but when I'm not in the band, I do a lot, a lot of film composing on my own. And as the process became more real, I think Adam won, was like, hey, can, he started asking me questions, and then he's like, why don't we just do this together? And so we just started working on it together, and Paul was an absolute dream to work with, and it was this, in terms of like how the music happened, it was this very, very open-ended thing where we would sort of watch the movie and make stuff either on our own or together and you know work through it, but in very like big picture ways, not, not really get, getting granular, you know, like, oh, we need another draft where after she said that line, that thing happens. We were just sort of making music that we felt like making. And we tended to Paul, and he would be like, that's awesome. The end. <laughs> <Kind of. laughs> um, and it was a wonderful experience. We had a great time. Make it. It sort of happened. It happened over like the course of like three, four, three months ish.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was amazing to work with these guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was someone in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah i think probably everyone heard that but the just the question about the smokies and if it was a character in the film and yeah absolutely i mean i i live in east tennessee and i've been to the smokies countless times and um even in my last film there's a brief little foray into the smokies and it's just like it felt like the movie needed that felt like they needed they needed to get out they needed to so much of it is interior and it needed to have this um this journey um so it was always part of it i didn't know that we would get quite i didn't know the smokies would put on quite the show that they did the day that we were filming there um
2: greta greta stayed after and got those shots at 6 a.m no
1: those first three shots no i'm thinking i'm thinking of this part but yeah 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 so those first three shots that you see in the movie are actually at the farmhouse it was we'd shot the porch scene all night long and then this fog starts rolling in and she was like up Guess I'm staying on a little her bit longer. And her and
2: first stayed for like two more hours and shot yeah, and those. Yeah, just
1: shot all that fog stuff. And then, but then we got all that fo- other fog stuff up in the Smokies. Do you want to? That was a wonderful day of filming too. Do yeah. You want to talk was, about that? No, it rained the whole day. Yeah, it, it, it was terrible. miserable. It was miserable. It was miserable. It, yeah. was so it, was miserable. it was the worst day. I'm we sure. made it work. We made it work. Thank you for the question. We'll I'll do. Let's do one more. Well, we didn't one. get
0: to go home early, which was cool. <laughs> I do want to add, and late to the music, special shout out to Greta. Zazula, yeah. the cinematographer. Yeah. When we saw the movie, it was just so beautiful, and it was really easy and fun to write music to those amazing images.
2: Shout so out, Greta. Yeah.
1: Yay. So, yeah. yeah. She and she was um, she did a Q and A with us up in New York last week. And it was great to see her. She's amazing. One more. Yeah. I mean uh, so the question is just about the chemistry of the two main uh the two teenagers and um you know the casting is very much a I mean we, the, considering the the chemistry is very important um there were we did some skypes with different people that we were considering for the roles and and um uh you know there was there was an immediate chemistry between the two of them, and in part because they knew each other. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Because they worked on. They were both on yeah, a film that you guys of, did. Yeah,
0: a film that we did called "Haley Cat Camlers." Here, mm-hmm. she found Josh an King amazing film on
1: YouTube, like way back when he was thirteen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was the second film we made with Josh. We made another one with him this summer. Um, so he's all grown up now. So. But yeah, but um, we. Uh, they're just i love those two they're wonderful as people and they're amazing actors to work with um, but that that chemistry was very natural i don't want to say like there was a romance on set or something but there was, it was very it was let's start some rumors um, it was but it was very it was very natural it was very organic they just they just had that i think thank you so much for coming out we'll stick around Thanks, a little bit
0: All right. Thanks for coming. Uh, Light from Light is playing here through Thursday. If you like it, please tell your friends about it. That does really make a difference. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theaters Q&A podcast. If you want to hear more conversations with filmmakers about the latest independent, foreign, and documentary films opening at Landmark Theaters, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit our podcast website at LandmarkTheaters.Podbean.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel for videos of Q&As and other exclusive content. See you next time.